Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in. WIP Daily, Joe Giglio with you, reacting here to another Eagles victory, this time in overtime over the Commanders. Look, I did not think this game would take overtime. I didn't think the Eagles would struggle with the Commanders. I was wrong about how hard it would be to win that game. 34-31, the Eagles are 4-0, though. So let's react here to how we got here. The Eagles reached, I was about to say, the quarter pole of the season. But we know now there's 17 games, but close to it, at 4-0, which is where a lot of people expect them to be. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, of course, following the podcast, and, of course, our video feed at 94 WFP. So I thought today... You know, last week we did game balls. We did the good and bad, ugly earlier this season. I, I thought today after really a wild game between the Eagles and the Commanders that it'd be good to look at the good from the game, the bad, the, the great from the game, and then the worrisome as we move forward off of the game. So let's just start with the good. The good is, and this is, uh, I'll steal the line from Jalen. Let's keep the main thing, the main thing. They're 4-0. And they're the first team in about 25 years to start 4-0 after losing the Super Bowl. They have, despite or I should say maybe in spite of issues within the coaching staff, within turnover, within injuries, they've won every game. Like this season was ripe for a slow start. Now the schedule has helped. There's no question about it. Like if, if the Eagles are playing the November portion of the schedule in September, they're not 4-0. I, I really don't believe that with the way they play, but that's that's not the case. They're playing the September portion of their schedule and they're 4-0. They've taken advantage of it. Week one wasn't easy. Week two wasn't easy. Week three was kind of easy. Um, well, that Bucks only Bucks and the Bucks have lost now so far this season, which you kind of think maybe that team's not that bad. And then yesterday was showing that easy against the Commanders, so it has not been pretty. But here they are at four and zero, and every win one thousand percent counts because we're looking at, you know, I, I think there's a clear top four in the NFC, and I believe on divisional round weekend we already know who the four teams are going to be. They're going to be the Forty ers the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Lions. I don't know what the order is. I don't know who's at home. But those are the four teams. So every win here is going to be significant to, number one, win this division over the Cowboys. And Dallas is really good. They blew the doors off the Patriots yesterday, slip up last week in Arizona. But if the Eagles have slipped up once, then this division is tied. I said the Eagles have that over them right now, the one-game lead. And we know how good San Francisco is. They haven't lost a game with Purdy other than the NFC title game here. So every win counts. So if the Eagles have to be a, a choppy 4-0, and have to have some, like, make you hold your breath moments, but they're 4-0. That's what matters, because if the Eagles can get to 12-5 and five or 13-4 and four and have the right tiebreakers and they get number one or number two, it matters not to go to San Francisco, not to go to Dallas, or, you know, obviously they've been on the road the whole time that way, or go to Detroit in the, in the second round. We know who the four best teams in the NFC are, and the Eagles just need to keep winning so they stay on pace, at least, with those four teams, uh, those are three other teams. So 4-0 is, is really the most important thing. They're there. They are there. The other good is the passing game has really started to come alive here. I actually thought yesterday, and we'll get to Jalen Hurts and how he's played here because he's the central figure of the passing game. I thought he played very well yesterday. Not as great maybe as the numbers. I thought he missed some throws down the field that he could have had. He had the intentional grounding, which was obviously was some sort of miscommunication. He may have thought Brown was going to – pull it in and he, he kept going, but he had an intentional grounding, took three sacks. Um, we'll get to his running ability right now. And I thought he missed Swift up the sideline after a penalty, but he still had him where it could have been a gigantic play. That being said, on, on a day where I thought Jalen Hurts played B plus football, 
I, I wouldn't or A minus. I wouldn't give him a full A for yesterday. He played well. I mean, he was he was really good yesterday. And clutch, just Nick Sirianni said he was yesterday twenty five or thirty seven for three hundred nineteen yards, eight point six yards per attempt or on average, and uh, pass rating of one twelve. No turnovers. It was it was dynamite. I, I'll give him the A minus. Good, really really moving in the right direction with passing game from the second half with some of the throws he had in Tampa Bay to yesterday, to the game go-ahead drive, to the winning drive. Passing game is moving forward here. And I think we have reestablished, you know, just for a, a minute here, that the number one receiver on this team is obviously A.J. Brown. Every, it's a weird thing. Everyone wants to make Devontae Smith better than he is right now. He's a good player. Devontae Smith's a really good player. That catch he had in the first half yesterday, reminiscent of the one he had against Washington last year in the first game they played against each other. Body control. He goes up for the ball. Great route runner. Like, Devontae's awesome. And he's been an excellent pick by the Eagles where they got him in the first round. AJ's their best wide receiver. He is a special football player and a true number one. Is he a knucklehead sometimes? Yeah. We, we saw it yesterday. cost them 15 yards and a couple weeks ago being fired up on the sideline. But the Eagles are better when they're feeding the ball to AJ Brown. Last couple games, over 300 yards. So the good is the passing game, including Jalen Hurts having its best day. And the good is 4-0. Let's get to the great because I thought there was some great yesterday. And A.J. is where I want to start there. A.J. Brown is a great wide receiver. He, he really is. That, that, that trade Howie Roseman made is going to go down as one of the greatest trades in, in, his, in his time as, you know, running the Eagles. That, that, that's a steal to get A.J. Brown for what they got him for. He's been everything you could have imagined. He's been healthy since he's been here. He and Jalen Hurts obviously have a great connection. He is impossible to tackle in the open field. He's like Anquan Bolden, but faster. And when he goes up for the football, especially in the end zone, it, it just feels like a touchdown. Like it's a surprise when he doesn't get that football when it's up in the air near the end zone. He has changed this offense. He has made Devontae Smith go from a you know middle of the pack to, to below average one, you know, among number one wide receivers to the best two in the game, or right there, you know, with what they have in Cincinnati with the best two in the game, or what they have in Miami with the best two with Waddle. I mean, he's that good as a two, but it works so well. Because A.J. Brown is the one. I mean, you look at A.J. Brown's numbers here now in his career with the Eagles. It's remarkable. And that includes, you know, a little bit of quiet, you know, the first couple of games this year with seven catches for 79, four for 29 against the Vikings. But since then, he's just exploded. So in his two years here now, A.J. Brown has last year 88 catches for 1,496 yards. And he's added to that this year 29 in four games catches for 414 yards or two more touchdowns. And we're talking about a season and a quarter where A.J. Brown has put up, you know, 100 and, what is it, 115 or whatever catches, under 17 catches, okay? He has that on, under his belt now. He also has 2,000, about 1,900 yards, right? So he's in that range. 13 touchdowns, but got to be around 16 yards a catch. He's been dominant. I mean, he's, he, this guy is incredible, and he continues to be the go-to guy in this offense and really what takes this offense from the level it could be to the level it actually is. He's the difference maker for everything they do in the passing game. He was great. The other great from yesterday, and then we'll get to some of the worrisome because as you guys might guess, and I think probably you, you might feel the same way, when I just started writing this down before we started recording, you know, the good, the great, the worrisome, I had more in the column of worrisome for moving forward then I did good and great. Now the good and great may matter more because they're, they're just more important things like being four and zero. but I had to have some worrisome. So the other great is Jake Elliott. You know, this guy's the best kicker in franchise history. 
the story of how he got here still amazes me that if it wasn't for the injury early in the season in 2017, there is no Jake Elliott. And all this guy does is kick clutch field goals. I know he's not the only one. This has become pretty common around the NFL, but it's it's amazing how you watch in the game, they're lining up for a 54-yard field goal to win it, and you don't even think that's too long or he might miss it. I mean, I know we're getting to the point now where field goal, kick and, field goal kicking feels pretty automatic within that 54-in range, which is crazy considering when I was growing up watching football, if it was over 40 or over 42, 43, it really became like, ah, maybe. You know, probably if it was 50, it was like, whoa, that that's a – you better get some more yards because that's a difficult kick, especially in tough tough moment, tough environment, overtime. I don't even think about it. Like Jake Elliott just makes these kicks all the time. That one yesterday kind of hooked back right away, but as soon as, it went, as soon as it started hooking back, I was like, it's good. It obviously has the distance. It's just a matter of did he hit it online. He did. He, he's been a remarkable kicker for the Eagles. They changed out the holder a couple weeks ago. It hasn't had much of an effect. And the Eagles now have a guy that is a weapon. He's a weapon for them. I'm not, you know, he's not Justin Tucker. He's not the greatest kicker of all time. But among my, you know, current kickers in the NFL, if you take Justin Tucker out of the equation, how many more do you actually want kicking a game winner than Jake Elliott? The, the list can't be long. Maybe a couple that you might trust a little bit more. But that's it. That's how good this guy has been. He was a great find by the Eagles. Helped him win a Super Bowl. He has been steady. And, you know, a couple of years ago, Howie signed him to a long-term deal. And he had, if I remember correctly, like one down year by his standards. But then he's just kind of risen since then. And he's going to be the Chiefs kicker for a long time. I know kickers go bad once in a while, like quickly. But I'd be surprised to have with Jake Elliott. Seems to have a great head on his shoulders. He's clutch. He's getting better. I think his leg strength has gotten better. And he was enormous yesterday to win that football game. All right, let's get to the worrisome because there's quite a bit here of things to, to have some trepidation about moving forward because we could be honest, the Eagles are lucky to be 4-0. 4-0 is the most important thing, but they're lucky. They haven't played like a 4-0 team. Their point differential right now, plus 28, I think it's like seventh in the NFL. You know, And considering it's still a short sample, only two teams don't have a loss, so they don't have a week where you know the team actually scored more points, it gives you a sense that they're squeaking by here in these games. You know, Washington last week looked – Awful against another good team in Buffalo, a team the Eagles have to face later this season. They look terrible. Turning the football over, could stop the run, could stay in the game. Sam Howell's getting sacked a million times. Eagles pass rush didn't do much. You know, I know Morrow had the three sacks, but when I say pass rush, I mean, you know, their, their edge rushers and their interior defensive linemen. Kind of quiet. Now, Morrow may have cleaned up and he may have gotten sacks someone else would have gotten. So I'm not saying they didn't get to Sam Howell, but I didn't think their defensive tackles yesterday in the, in the pass rush played as well as they had in weeks past. Jalen Carter a little quieter. Um, I mean, they allowed Sam Howell to put up 31 points. And if it wasn't for the call on the sideline where McLaurin looked like he was very I – mean, that was very close when the one by Blankenship's you know, forearm in overtime, they, that game might go the other way. I mean, the commanders might go down and score. So they're fortunate to be here. They're fortunate to win the first game. I thought they were fortunate with turnovers to be ahead as much as they were in the second game. They won the Bucks game pretty square, you know, fair and square. I thought they were fortunate yesterday. Ron Rivera, what is he doing? Not going for two there. I mean, that, that's go for two. And then you have the spot where the Eagles could have kind of held the ball on the second and four with about what a minute 30 to go before, you know, before the game ended, the regulation ended, they could have ran the ball twice. and got a first down and tried to run the clock and keep the field goal at the end. 
Instead, they go for a bomb to the end zone. It works, but it kind of set the commanders up to go down the field and put the game in overtime or win it if Rivera had gone for two. So you have all that factored in. And you have 11 penalties yesterday. I thought the coaching in a lot of ways was, was suspect at times, offensively and defense. I thought that for a lot of the season. So, you know, there's, it's just a weird start to the year where you, you kind of see a lot of little chips that you're wondering, is this going to become a big deal? And when the schedule turns, are they going to start losing games? Because if they play like they have against good teams, that's not a formula. Now, they could certainly play better and they could fix these issues and win, but there are issues there. The other issue is the secondary right now. I mean, Sam Howell picked him apart. He picked him apart yesterday. A lot of open guys. Really, th- th- I don't think the Josh Job thing is working out. They made it to get, go get a corner quickly. I know they like Sidney Brown, but okay, he was out this week, but can they expect him back? Is he going to miss more time? The safety position, I think, is very for this year. And, and Sidney Brown and Blankenship might be the guys. I love Blankenship, but for this year, that's a whole. Terrell Edmonds stinks. I mean, he he flat out stinks. You can see why the Steelers have their own issues right now. Just said, just get, we don't watch anymore. He can't play. You know, he he's either getting a penalty or he's behind in coverage. I mean, he's just not a very good safety out there. So as we get to Stafford, and then it'll be Tua, and then it'll you know, Howell again on the road. I'm not including Zach Wilson though; he was good last night. And then all of a sudden it's Dak, and it's Mahomes, and it's Allen, and it's Purdy. They're gonna pick apart that right there. That other corner, and Joe feels like they're picking on him right now, and that other safety. So, you know, maybe they get Justin Evans back and he's serviceable, and maybe Sidney Brown gets out there and his talent just takes over and he can make some plays. But they have some issues in the back end right now. We'll also see what happens with the injury to Cam Jurgens. Hopefully not serious with him, but that would be a loss if they lose, obviously, if they lose an offensive lineman. So there's a lot of little things, little things popping up around the NFL uh, around the Eagles with, with these, these issues that I think will come back at some point if they don't fix them to get them. But it's weird. It, it is it is a weird start to the season because I think every one of us would have said 4-0, 4-0. That is obvious. You take that without question or with the details, but the details for the Eagles, they're not buttoned up. And right now you look at them and you say, honestly, do they look as good as the 49ers look? And you'd say, no, they don't. But those are the only two teams that are undefeated in the NFL right now. And it feels like we're going to run a collision course again until, well, early, obviously early December here in Philadelphia. But then again, late January. It feels like we're on that kind of collision course. The Eagles, I would say, are more lucky than they are great right now. But they have an undefeated record. They squeaked by yesterday. A.J. Brown was awesome. J- J- Jake Elliott was awesome. And Jalen Hurts played his best game of the season. They're this close, it feels, in that passing game to just like really exploding if if Hurts could just just finish up those little things. And one other quick worry, Hurts, and we'll talk more about this thing as the week goes on. I went to do an episode on it. What's going on with his ability to run? It's just his explosion is not there anymore. That's one to kind of file away, and we'll talk more about it as the week goes on. I appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. The Eagles are 4-0, but they still have some issues to fix And we'll talk about it again moving forward later this week. It's also Red October. Can't wait for the Phillies. Lots to come on WIP Daily. We'll talk soon.